Hold on. Yeah. Whatever you want. Like, uh... We're sitting here with Gannon Wise on the keys. I'm your host with the most. The White Wolf. Why am I called the White Wolf, you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you the story here. It goes something like this. Yeah, baby. He is the White Wolf. Take off your pants and sit a while. Without pants on, <laughs> he's sitting in the corner of the room alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pantsless man sits alone without friends because he is a hairy bastard. Tickle them ivory, you <laughs> sexy motherfucker. Boom, bop, tea, boom, 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 even though you don't really need it, <laughs> you certainly don't. You don't. You don't sit on that sustain like some terrible pianist in this room. This guy. So, talk to me, Gannon. What's up? What do you tell, uh, tell these people who you are? While while I look for the sustain pedal, I'm a guy named Gannon. I like to play piano and do music, and. Uh, work with whatever groups I can work with to make music that I like. But mostly I want to get to be able to focus on doing my own thing kind of eventually, which I think will happen. So if you're going to do your own thing, is it going to be like uh, just piano or what? Like, are you going to like music direct and have a bunch of instruments? Yeah, or? I'd want to have a lot of different parts um, and, and arrange them all, you know. I've got I've got an idea in my head of what they would sound like, and what so, kinds of timbres would they be involving, you know, for yeah. which parts and. Uh, yeah, I'd like to just do that. <laughs> It'd be nice. It would be, what kind yeah. of what genre would it be in? Oh gosh, I don't know. Probably different different genres. Um, a lot of it I could see maybe being a, 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 like part of a movie soundtrack or some kind of a short film soundtrack or something. So, uh, what the name some bands that you have been associated with, or and who are you playing with right now? My my main band that I feel like a real member of is called La Tumba, and uh, yeah, it's like Spanish for the the grave or the tomb. And uh, I played with this group that's kind of like up and coming on the festival circuit. Uh, they they just hired me for it. They were called Earth Arrow. Or they are called Earth Arrow. I played with them. I'll probably end up playing with them some more. Um, and our studio, 
that we're at, uh, Luigi, Willie, and I, and, and Marcelo, uh, we called Oogie Boogie Studio. We did Earth Arrow's first uh, album, but that was that was a couple years ago. And then uh, I played in this little um, reggae group that I think is kind of on hiatus called um, Dino Bones. And uh, that, uh, let's see, what else? It was... Uh, I played with this uh, group called Leche that does kind of like salsa music, but also kind of like sort of what I call like white boy funk. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> a little bit. Wild it's cool though. Wild, it's not... che wild cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they sound like? It's like uh, sort of like... Uh, average white band or something what uh so what's the place that uh, the studio you were telling me about that's that's a thing it's it's over in uh basically boyle heights it's about a block away from boyle so it's like eastern downtown la i guess it's over the 7th street bridge there's a there's a whole thing chris poland i think actually owns the the building it's uh uh downtown rehearsal they call it and usually people just rent out a room. No, I've been there. It's yeah, a huge, you know. it's a huge building that you, looks everyone like, in L.A. You know is yeah. kind of run through the. Yeah, it looks it like looks a big like fucking warehouse. Mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and then most people just use it for rehearsal spaces, you know. But uh, we decided to build the studio, but it took them years. I I only got associated with them a few years ago. They've been doing this for like ten years, building up uh, this studio, and. Uh, Probably, you know, at some point we'll have to move the location because uh, Warner Brothers, I know, bought out that whole building. Of course, know? they did the. <laughs> everything, it's going to be like two companies going to own this entire country someday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Warner Brothers is going to be making like peanut shell <laughs> protectors or something. It's, it's, like, it's, it's just really insane. nuts, man. Like, a lot of. Um, a lot of these areas that were, you know, designated as like arts district type areas and stuff are just getting, um, like, you know, real estate speculators rolling up in them, and just kind of making everything like the rent, the rent raised, um, without warning, overnight. Isn't that place a uh, rent control or no? Like, no, it's not because it's uh, not apparently a, not. It's, well, it's not a <laughs> yeah because I guess nobody really lives there but <laughs> right you're not it's not zoned for living purposes although yeah, we so all they, know a lot of musicians like to so, live at the studio so they raise they're able to they're able to raise the rent uh, like a at, at any they whatever they want huh i think i don't think they had to give you a lot of warning uh and it's not chris poland's fault or anything it's just uh i think it's well, I he think, owns it, but he probably has like business people running it. So right, you know. I I mean, I'm not familiar with uh, the complexities of the situation, but I'm sure they're they're there. Are you guys trying to find uh, clients then? Because you have your uh, your buddy Luigi in uh, Latuba. Yeah. He does like uh, recording and engineering and stuff, mastering. Does he yeah, mixing and mastering and and recording, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. Uh, so you could probably get a hold of the, him through like La Tumba's Facebook uh, website. Yeah, easily. And then there's an Oogie Boogie Studios um, Facebook page too. 
And uh, I'm not on Instagram personally, but I think some of this stuff is on Instagram. I'm not sure. You could have <laughs> fooled me, bro. You look like a, an, an influencer. <laughs> an influence. Yeah. That, that's a word, huh? It's, it's in the like dictionary, a, probably. It's an actual thing I'm now. I'm sure Miriam and Webster are rolling in their grave <laughs> for all the shit that got into their beautiful It's such book. a Scientology-sounding word. It's so creepy. What? Oh, influencers. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't talk shit about them. or like. Yeah, let's, let's, just, let's be nice to Scientology. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's they've funny. got a lot of influencers there's a guy <laughs> I, I would like to have on the show because i'll probably have an episode that talks about art department stuff and set dressing and decorating oh nice uh, this fr- uh, friend of mine because we, we do some crazy stuff sometimes but this buddy of mine banner and uh, everybody loves this guy he's such a he's such a guy his name's banner his banner and he they named a character after him on blackish <laughs> you know really? badass if you're a crew member and they they the writers literally named a character character after him they that's didn't, so cool the guy's not bait doesn't act like him uh but it's they named a guy after him uh <clears throat> but he uh he his folks were scientologists and they were married mm. by l ron hubbard's wife and they oh, used wow. and they used to go to these galas she just oh i, I shouldn't talk too much that's yeah right. they just <laughs> appeared kind of right i don't know <laughs> i don't i'm I saying nothing i know nothing so she, uh they but they got married by his wife and they used to go to galas where he was there too which is like i feel like that's like that must have been insane like that yeah man that must have i kind of want to go to one of those surreal <laughs> uh, yeah but again we We'll move on. I don't even know how the hell... We, it, it always uh, comes to Scientology in Scientology LA. is a, an important part of Los Angeles. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you see a big blue building, that's them. Uh, yeah. And that weird... It's S. like that baby blue kind of... Slash sky blue kind of thing. They like in between have, baby blue and sky blue. And they always have those dudes in the those crisp white Mormon shirts painting those buildings. Yeah, man. And you know, they fucking... Um, I'm allowed to cuss on this shit, right? We're not on the radio. <laughs> uh, like I said, like my buddy said, uh, my co-host Yard Dog, who's p- coming over tomorrow to make music, he he said you can say anything, fuck shit, cock balls, and then yeah. I'll always it just Scientology. Seems, I always chime in and say just don't say the c word because it seems to offend people more than the other words, <laughs> unless you're British. Kind of lingus. Oh no. no, British people get a pass no, for not, sure not on that. <laughs> you know, this no, is... those guys will follow you, man. That are outside of the yeah, the, the blue building. Like sometimes, if you if you say something that they think is sort of like mocking, not that I did it, but I was walking so with some had... guys that sort of said something like they thought something looked like shit in the architecture or something. You they said like, that? No, that's not one of my friends yeah. did, and they followed us around. And uh, Ooh, I, I was like, I, I'll bet you you're only able, you're only allowed to follow me so far <laughs> before you have to go back. Well, <laughs> and I was like, I let's see, yeah. let's see where that point is. And we reached the point. I mean, he he, he like literally just turned back. He did, he like completely stopped talking to me. He like showed sentence. He showed you. <laughs> he showed you, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually, and I'm not gonna give anything away again because. This is I don't want I don't want any enemies. So I'm not talking any trash about. It. I'm just telling yeah. you what happened. I know I've, I'm friends with some cool Scientologists. We filmed in we filmed in the uh, 
Celebrity Center, and that was interesting to oh, be able to, no go shit. In, to go inside. Have you ever been inside there? No, I was scared to go in there. <laughs> oh, why? You're allowed to leave when you well, go in there? Well, yeah, I hope. I mean, am I me or am I like a clone? <laughs> That's why I don't want to talk about it because I'm not. I'm you're like, some other kind of Thetan in Bobby's body. I'm a, I'm a, seep, a sleeper cell. <laughs> they, they're going to say the magic word. Uh, it's going to be Scientologist jazz is the, the key word, and that's <laughs> like my eyes will flip in my head and I'll just start fucking killing everyone. <laughs> no, but uh, we went in there and it, it's it's weird and they're just uh, and I'm just saying it as an outsider. It's just it's a little weird. There's a weird vibe in there because I'm not part of that group and there's a bunch of people in robes like really that live there. It's like an apartment and there was like people in, in robes, robes. Wow. and they were doing like exercise and I'm not saying not, that's not weird to be in a robe but it's just as weird to see a bunch of people walking around a Well, when robes. it's a bunch of people in robes it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but they were doing like they were at the gym. They had like a little private gym and they were doing stuff. And then we yeah, went up yeah. to some apartment right and while we were dressing it like we were putting furniture and stuff like they could come in at will whenever they wanted to discuss things and they would come in and they would open blueprints and talk about like what they were going to do in that room <laughs> while we were there dressing it and then then they would they'd be like well that concludes this architectural meeting and they'd leave <laughs> and it was weird and I was like are they like just checking up on us or they they're all they're just constantly like Doing you think they were like listening in or anything? They could or? listen to whatever they want. We were just putting right? chairs I mean, and couches. They, I think the whole thing's mic'd and camera'd up and stuff, right? Just yeah, like, I don't know, and I don't care. I'm sure they're, you know, because honestly, yeah, it's. Uh, I would never want to be involved in any yeah. shenanigans. There's, a, I, I don't like the aspect of the like the. I'm not saying they do it, but I've seen videos, I, you know, where they intimidate and they yeah man i don't think that i would want to be involved in a group that did that if you left you uh, probably deal a- with enough of that shit anyway doing a bunch of stuff in like the industry and you know what do you mean with that whole intimidation oh for union that- stuff you know i'll be honest like i haven't experienced any of it because i haven't been through any strikes yet quote unquote like who knows yeah and i guess you know i there are meetings and i get calls like you better. You should be at the meeting because we're trying to get a quorum, and a quorum is where if you get enough people there that you can push some sort of legislation. You can at least make wow. a note, like you can bring up like problems to the, the because we have a new president in our union. They voted a new guy, and then that's like wow, it's a big deal. And they voted in a new business agent, which is a very big deal too, because those are like the key negotiators yeah. uh, against the producers when we do our contracts because there's a big problem and i can say this on this medium with uh new media is like really yeah. underpaying a lot of uh people and also when they get union days you're supposed to get 30 days on a show that flips or something like that a flipping show in movie terms means the show was not union they passed some sort of uh, thing in their budget where they went over a million dollars or something, and now they can become union. Okay. And then unions will come in, they'll make the deal, and then if you were on that show and you're an art department person and you're trying to get in the union, if it flips, you start getting days. And if you work 30 days, you get in the union. But if you work on a Netflix 
or Hulu or Amazon, oh, right, it yeah. only counts for new media. So you can only work union jobs in new media. You can't work on like WB, NBC uh, features, yeah. which is that sucks. And then they got to pay. That st- does suck. And then I think they still got to pay. I paid six thousand dollars really? to join the forty-four union. Wow. And and um, now it's like seven thousand. So you'll pay, I think, that amount of money, but you won't even. I, I have to double check. I think for new media, I think they pay the same amount, and they can only work in new media. So I think our new guys are trying to make it so that we're all. You get like restricted to like you're you're bound to only do the. So so when I joined, I I, jo- I got in on a, fi- a film called Wish I Was. W- Oh, please don't let me say this wrong. And Zach Braff will come and kill me in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> He's scary. Wish I was here. And it was a movie that he raised over $6 million on Kickstarter from his fans. Because he did Garden okay. State and he said, hey, I got another movie that I'm writing with my brother. And um, <clears throat> every time I take it to a movie studio, they want to take out a bunch of scenes that I feel are super key. So, hey, give me this money and I'll produce something for you guys. And it's okay. all my ideas. And so I got in on that film and he created his own production company. I was asked to work on it and I worked a couple of days before it flipped and I got, and then I got in, um, oh, I nice. got my union days and then I had to pay six, you had to pay six grand, 6,000. But at that time it was tax deductible. It is no longer tax deductible. Oh, it's no longer tax deductible <laughs> for your federal taxes <laughs> under the new tax regime. But according to people, my deduction is higher. So I didn't feel, I, well, I, which I, people, <laughs> people, people who are right leaning. I'm a, I'm a, I'm what you would call a libertarian. Yeah, you seem a little libertarian. Yeah. yeah, you know, honestly, I'm I'm when it comes to politics, I'm very I'm very like uh, I'm very loose. Like I don't I haven't picked any denomination. I I'm registered as a Democrat because that's what I registered when I was 18, and yeah. most of the like local elections are my jam. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but the local elections are it's the only thing I feel like I have an actual effect on, really. Yeah, but I registered Democrat <laughs> as uh, when I was younger. Uh, even though I did vote like sometimes Green Party, which now looking at things, I was broke and poor, so I voted socialist. <laughs> and now that I'm making some decent money, I kind of do a little bit more like. That's hey. good. You're making decent money, man. <laughs> no shit but it's at the same token it's like i don't want to get taxed more now so like i don't want to i don't want to do any legislation because i'm always like man they're misappropriating funds anyway so that i kind of want the government to step yeah, out of well, some things. people got to do their research when it comes to where a lot well, of this stuff goes like they uh, usually just get it from memes because because um there are people that are for taxation as a concept and there are people that are very avidly against it just generally but uh i don't think i I had to just like fall on one side of that uh in every given situation like for example you know california with the whole tobacco tax like singling out a particular industry disproportionately like that i'm not you know i don't see why that's a good idea or necessary yeah well they claim you say for tobacco you see they claim like that they tax it because people are smoking and that causes health risks and then they say that we have to pay for those health risks no they they're hurting themselves but you know, but the, but the, but then dude the secondhand smoke no but well no but <laughs> it doesn't matter the the people are still buying cigarettes even at yeah. the exorbitant prices 
I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make it any different. Yeah, and especially what you're really hurting actually is the poor communities because mm-hmm. a lot of poor communities like they're still gonna buy their cigarettes. They, it's they just smoke some more. You know, it's a it's just a fact of life. Yeah. So something I might do is I might uh, I might rig up another microphone, and maybe we'll do like a a jam. That'd or, be fun. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be right back after these messages, and you know we're here with Gannon Wise. Yeah, I might have a shot or something. Huh? Oh, okay. So this, this <laughs> I'm gonna uh, today's uh, t- today's beverage of choice is the Yellow Spot Irish whiskey. Yeah. A uh, wonderful uh, Irish whiskey that is uh, very a, Irish, a staple of Ireland. Uh, I definitely recommend picking up a bottle and, and, and not declaring it. <laughs> you know, but I'll, I'll say this actually before we go to commercial break about Ireland: that actually liquor there is more expensive. Even if you buy liquor that is bu- is made in Ireland, yeah, right, it's more expensive because they have like a liquor tax, some yeah. sort of sin tax. Which not is, like not like grammatical sin tax. It's like yeah, <laughs> I, I do bad things tax, <laughs> vice tax. Yeah, because I actually bought some stuff that I thought was exclusive to their Bushmills sixteen year, and it's not, and it's cheaper in the states. So I felt really? like I got yeah, but it, it was it was still worth it because I got it at the distillery and that was really fun. And I did bring back a bunch of exclusive bottles. That's fucking cool, man. I like Bushmills. Bushmills is actually I like Jameson's regular Jameson uh, whiskey. Over the Bushmills Red Label or whatever the Red Bush, oh, like the fancy. Well, the Red Bush I don't think is the fancy. I think that's their like. I've seen. I've had like the Black Bush and then that like ten year one. Yeah, but the sixteen is something. 16 Have is, you had that? No, it's something. That dude. sounds really good. It's so when you do the six, we've just taken this to a tasting corner. Give me, <laughs> give me a little jazz riff before. <laughs> Welcome. To the tasting corner. We're talking about Irish whiskey with White Wolf and Gannon Wise. So, the Bushmill 16 is when you uh, you take a sip and you'll notice an immediate smoothness. You'll get like a whiskey hint and then a super smoothness. So then you're almost like, oh shit, like, is this worth it? Like it tricks you kind of? Well, it's, he said, is this worth the price? It's like, it's very smooth. So that's like, some might think it's not complex. But then, yeah. right as you're thinking that, three, <laughs> three seconds later, oh, fuck yeah. a poof of flavor. That's awesome. It just tickles the back that's of your throat. That's so perfect. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's one of the coolest whiskeys I've ever drank. And, and you can get it in America for a reasonable price, like 70 to 80 bucks, I think, which is a lot of money for a drink, but for that beverage, it's one of my the best whiskeys I've had. And it's and, right in the back of your throat when it hits you. Oh, right it goes, right. poof. It does this. It's I like the best blowjobs. <laughs> uh, so I, I do uh, recommend that if you're a whiskey lover. And uh, anyways, uh, we'll be back right after a uh, word from our sponsor, which is not any of those whiskeys. I'm just recommending them because if, if they don't agree with anything that I've said on this show, they'll come after me. And then maybe, it, but then maybe that's a good thing because then I'll end up on like social be media. On the news. Yeah. All right. Do you live in Los Angeles? Are you tired of seeing that van in Hollywood for the topless maids while thinking, "Hey, that's sexist. There should be a sexy service for dirty women too." Well, you're in luck, thanks to Bottomless Butlers. Our butlers have been curated from only the most desirable chiseled selection of males in the world by our very own head butler and cultural concierge. There are only the finest specimens, and your jaw will simply drop. You'll be saying things like, hey, clean over there, and 
hey, don't look at me, look at what you're cleaning. Or, hey, have you ever dusted that basket of yours? So get your bottomless butler today. Oh, you wanted to talk about the whiskey, huh? And bring us back, fool, from the commercial. <laughs> Play take five, monkey boy. All right. We're back from uh, our little hiatus. Um, so we uh, <clears throat> we went out and had a. I gave uh, Gannon a little sample of some uh, stuff I brought yeah. back from Ireland. Uh, so what I gave him, he what he chose. It what was an not amazing the, country. It was not Yellow Spot. We did the Tyrconnell, fifteen year aged in three casks. One of them a um, uh, Madeira right Madeira cask, uh, wine cask. Uh, it's a ve- it's a complex, very strong whiskey, uh, but very delicious. Yeah, and there's a lot of like things. So it talk goes about through it. different phases in, in your mouth. You know, it's like uh, starts out kind of like that uh, green apple Jolly Rancher sort of taste. <laughs> so what are you talking? But, but like you Did know we... the the high end of that taste, not, okay. not the whole sugary part. Are you sure that. you didn't get into the uh, apple <laughs> teeny whiskey? <laughs> But then it like explodes in all this other stuff, man. Like yeah. sort of some of it's like smoky, like a scotch, but it's 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 got that whole Irish like um, fruity peatiness. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't it have peatiness. To- I'll say that it's not very peaty. It's not like Laphroaig. Uh, then I also gave you some uh, Irish gin. Yeah, that was really lovely. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so uh, the Irish gin that I let Gannon try, which I also brought back, obviously from Ireland, if it's Irish gin. Uh, from Galway, Ireland, is Mickle Gin. It's M I C I L. They're known for their Poiton. Is that what is am I? Poiton. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a type of a, a liquor, uh, type of uh, booze. Uh, really? But they, yeah, but they made this gin. It's found only in Galway. Uh, so when I went there, apparently all of Ireland is now on a big gin kick. And when I I was sitting at the bar in Galway, there's a badass guitar player playing. And I said, dude, I've been seeing that Galway Gin Company. I, I want to try it. And he goes, oh, you don't want to try that, mate. You know? <laughs> He's like, you don't want to. Do- oh, oh, you don't want to try that. You don't want to try that. It's bullshit. He says, it's all marketing. Don't try it, no. He, goes, it's, <laughs> he said it's not made in Galway, even though it says Galway Gin Company. It's a fucking lie. And I said, well, since I'm in Galway, is there. Yeah. He, I said, well, wh- how many gins do you have? And he goes, we have 40. And I was like, I didn't even though they made forty gins, he I've goes, had maybe around thirty. You've had thirty not gins, of, not of theirs. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he goes. I said, "Well, can you just uh, recommend something?" He goes, "I got you," and and he gave me a uh, on the rocks one, you know, single of that Mickle gin, and then he brought the bottle for me to look at, and he goes, "This is my favorite gin of all time." And then I tried it, and it was my favorite gin of all time. It is some yeah. weird characteristic on the back end. I think it's end. the best gin I've ever had. 
Yeah, and I, I dude, I used to hate gin. You know when I st- I hated gin because I made a gin and juice thinking it'd be cool, and it <laughs> tasted you were Snoop Dogg. It tasted like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I added, I actually added some Chambord, and it actually made it nice. And then yeah. I was like, okay, this is okay. But then I I tried Evened it out a little. I tried Beef Eater, and I hated it. I tried Sapphire, and I hated it. And then my buddy you hated Sapphire. I didn't like it. And then I, my buddy gave me Hendrix. I like to drink things straight, you know. Hendrix, I think, is weaker. Than, it is we it, well it's smooth so i like that it was a good transitionary one then my friend introduced me to one called nolets which is no a, a, it's a it's a green bottle it's very nice very nice gin and then uh when i went to ireland that's that happened and then i brought that bottle back and you can't get it out here m-i-c-i-l mickle gin i actually should call one of those boutique shops like melon roses have you ever heard of that place no is that on melrose yeah it's by it's by beverly center and Mm. i actually it's the place that i bought my first bottle of japanese whiskey which was the yum i love japanese whiskey it's wonderful and so i i this was in 2015 i read about one called the yamazaki and when i yeah because they had won the number one whiskey in the world in 2013 with their cask sherry uh, whiskey, oh, and I was looking for that, and it was gone because they only made yeah, a certain amount. It was gone. Had that. Well, yeah, but they so they that was the first year that Scotch or Scotland didn't have a whiskey, not even in the top four or something like that. So number one was this Yamazaki, and then when I it's well, like Rising Sun, Sean Connery's, you know, worried about. The Japanese taking over. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you fuck with me. Yeah, it was exactly <laughs> like that. When I, when I fucking bought that bottle, Sean was, it was on the west side by Beverly Hills. So Sean Connery was there and he was like, he shook his head. He shot me. He shot me. And then he hit me in the head with a shillelagh. <laughs> no, even though he's Scott, that's a Scottish thing, right? No, that's Irish. I think that's, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Fuck it. You know, they'll, they'll both all, all Ireland and Scotland will hit come you with a bratwurst, a, a, a golf club. That's what he, did. he hit me with a golf club. So, so I bought the Yamazaki. The next best thing in my price range was uh, the Yamazaki Twelve Year, and at that time, that was the most expensive bottle I bought. It was seventy dollars, but I also bought an eighteen year. Right really? after, immediately at the same purchase, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to get both." That was more money, wasn't it? It was a one ninety. Wow! Yeah, that was the most I'd ever spent on booze in my life. So I had that for a long time, and I shared it with like, you know, schmoozy people like ads directors. Like I, I bring it to set, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I know we're not allowed to drink on set, but I brought this eighteen year Yamazaki," and they're like, "Ooh!" (laughs) So we'd have a sip. But um, (laughs) that is now. The Yamazaki eight uh, twelve year is one fifty. Really, d- over doubled in price, and the eighteen year I've seen it between three fifty at Melon Roses, and I saw it for six fifty. Jesus, well that's in Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, it's was that at that um the Hammer or whatever that one oh was. Hammered yeah. that place used to be the, yeah it's something else now right. Yeah, but that was the best name for a liquor store, Hammered Liquor. Yeah. So but I saw it at the the one that is there now. It, I saw it for $600. Really? And I was like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have drank that." You know, but I then mean, I was like, "Uh, well, why not? I had and what is now a really sought after bottle cuz they don't wow. make, But yeah, that, that's That remedy liquor on Glen Oaks has a, a lot of 
Irish whiskeys and it has a lot of um, Japanese whiskeys and stuff. But the Japanese whiskeys now, it's like everything we were talking about, like weddings, planning, and and bands. Like when you go play in Hollywood, it, all these people have their hands out with asking for money. You know, they like uh, the Japanese whiskeys are. They are overpriced. I mean, there's some. They're that are, way overpriced, dude. Yeah, well, they're because they're popular now, and they, yeah. and people are drinking it faster than they can make it. You know. Yeah, it's not even as good as like scotch or, or yeah, for me. For me, for me, <laughs> it's very much like a a lowland scotch that the, it's not peaty. It's it got has a little a bit of a bourbonness. It has a sweetness to it, and actually, so Suntory was like the big company that yeah. was responsible for all those. I made the Toki and the, yeah. Well, they were bought out by an American company from what I read. I mean, <laughs> so now like Budweiser owns them or something. <laughs> <laughs> like Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. <laughs> Who's owned by the Belgians. So that's, you know, we'll see what they do. <laughs> yeah. My buddy made a lot of money on that. Really? On that stock when they sold uh, to Stella. Because it did good things for them, actually. Oh, so we have our musical instruments out. I think we we're going <laughs> to play a little tune. Let me just make sure this mic is actually in a good place for me. Cause, uh, so, okay. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> is there an intro to this song? Uh, fuck, I had to hear it again. It's like... La, 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 la. But it's like... Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. So is it just comes if like this? Like, uh, Why don't we just do whatever we want? Here, this is called an arrange. We're gonna arrange it. Do you want a different patch? Um. No, nah, I'm cool. It'll just like. It'll it'll sound kind of interesting. Oh, you know? is that what we're going for? So, how about I'll start this thing off? Yeah. And I'm gonna bring this. We're gonna go classical on this. Not hmm. classical playing, but... Into the 
sad girl Don't be a bad girl But if you wanna leave, take care Hope you got a lot of nice friends out there But just remember there's a lot of bad beware Just a smile, girl Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild girl I always remember you like a child, girl for fooling around <laughs> never did no rehearsal <laughs> i heard some yeah. like little crackling was that did you hear was crackling it a little bit I, no it shouldn't be i mean yeah oh there it is on the high ones yeah well hold on a second that one's cool uh maybe i can turn down a little something that's, that's a little okay bit. it's right in this range there, now it's gone. I took it down a notch. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that was a little, that was that was cool. <laughs> Let me just move this away a little bit. Uh, let's get my little stuff in order. So now I wanted to talk about uh, a couple things. You know, you're quite you have quite the presence on social media. <laughs> just on Facebook, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't you say that there's a group that monitors what you say? Oh, I, yeah, it. yeah, I, I found that out, like, I, uh, you know, every now and then, people like to, like, uh, Google their own name, just for the fuck of it, mm, the, or the, to Yahoo search it, or use whichever search engine, you know? That actually brings us up uh, really quick, so continue with I found, saying. like, a thing, uh, where it was, like, if you Google Ganon-wise, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's these things that's these sites that start popping up that they they're basically taking like quotations from like facebook status updates of mine and they're putting them on these like <laughs> these like quotation sites or something it, i i started like looking into it more and yeah. it, it it just was very repetitive yeah. you know and i think like i i figured out there's certain stuff i'm saying that's like there are like trigger words in it that it, it just it it just makes like a little robot kind of monitor you. It's not like real people monitoring you, but it's like a little algorithm, you know, yeah. kind of monitoring certain stuff that you say that's like a trigger. Yeah, like like <laughs> I, I we'll get to that in a second. You brought me up to like another point. Uh, uh, one point exactly would be. Uh, that I like to look up names on an urban dictionary <laughs> and I like to see what people write about it. <laughs> Shit. It's, 
not as <laughs> bad as you think, actually. <laughs> For Ganon? Uh, yeah, actually, the very first one says he's the most amazing guy. He's loving oh, and, so he's loving and caring. I did this. <laughs> Everyone wants to be his friend or more. Winky smiley face. Oh, nice. Because he's amazing. He's so modest and hot as hell. He could get any girl. I, you know that somebody. This is not named, what this is actually saying. Is it, it? I shit you not. This is on, not. This is on Webster's <laughs> dictionary. This is on Urban Dictionary. But the reason I so the reason I like this is because <laughs> I actually looked up Saint Francis, and in Saint Francis, I think the top one says. Only ugly boys go there. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was only l- ugly boys go there. The really good-looking guys go to Pasadena Poly. Really? I don't, apparently, they're rich there. Oh, I, I, I better start going there. But, right? you, but you know that like some girl got her heart broken by some St. Francis football player, so she <laughs> immediately went on. Player. She immediately went on to to bash us on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> so we, I love going down because eventually. <laughs> gets, I like that first again. Yeah, well, nice. yeah, you should get that on a coffee mug. You can every one of these you can get on a coffee mug. So Ganon displaying the face of your hand in front of you in a wide set, confident manner, alluding to the five finger blessing of underline the rich Ganon. Oh, you, Rich Ganon from the Raiders. Yeah, That's what yeah. they're referencing the there. Rich Ganon. Unusually amazing individual who could be a lady killer if he knew where to find the kick-ass ladies, spelled <laughs> L-A-D-Y-Z. They're all in Atwater Village. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ganon, the uh, pirate ninjas that enjoy the following, speaking Jesus. Spanglish. Really? That's sort The of word accurate. Tortuga may be thrown around often. Sar- <laughs> sarcasm, being completely B.A., dominating, being witty what's, and what's hilarious. BA? I don't know. It's a, a business administration? Yeah, I was going to say. Like <laughs> Bachelor of Arts? What is that? This, how about this is my favorite one of yours. A subgenus of douchebag prone to creating <laughs> wacky UrbanDictionary.com <laughs> entries, defining their own surname with unimaginative adjectives such fuck? as studly and witty. Distinguishing some him, asshole named Gannon wrote this one. <laughs> distinguishing marks include wacky ties, tendency towards jokes based on advertising slogans. That's my favorite. That's the coffee mug one for me. A person who's a, who has very strong Hobbit traits. Ho- Hobbit traits. That makes more sense. Cause... Well, dude, that's, that girl Carly calls you Gandalf. <laughs> Ganon. You look like a Gandalf. I usually I sort of like Gandalf. The, when we did that one show, you came straight from Kung Fu and you just put a suit jacket on, and it was pretty badass. I was like, mm. this motherfucker mm. has style, and I don't. I look, I look like an older Gandalf. <laughs> how is it possible? So usually, how about this? A person who has very strong hobbit trades usually found in little caves and caverns in the Craig C- County in area. In the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> a person who has enlarged buttocks area. <laughs> Commonly referred to them as a J-Lo or ghetto ass. Which really? I, which is really weird because you have a profile picture that where it says, whatever, honey. Oh, that's right. Just because you, uh, Mike made that. My it's friend just, Mike. You just, just don't, don't, don't hate just because you ain't got a jig of booty that's fruity and tooty. <laughs> so this is this. And is then my, there's a shot of Dave Chappelle's face. Yeah. And he's saying "LOL" or something. Yeah, I don't know. That, uh, that was like ten years ago. Yeah. Hey, you, you look like Ganon. That must be a Ganon Hobbit. 
So, <laughs> so the, dude, I love dude, looking so, like Gannon and uh, shit. Should I look up Bobby or Robert? Because what's my what? What do you identify more strenuously Bobby, with? Bobby is my name. Even though I'm White Wolf on here, there, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to make my White own. Wolf will without be an like, H, yeah. without an H. Yeah. Uh, Bobby is an insane, funny person who's nice and caring. But if you annoy him and his friends, you should hope you live near a hospital. Oh, really? He'll fuck you up. Oh, yeah, apparently. Just for annoying him and his friends. Bobby's an amazing person who will always fight for what he loves. <laughs> he's passionate and sweet. He loves animals and children. And he's walks a, on the beach. He's a man's man, usually a mechanic or an outdoorsman. He could fix just about anything. That's true of you. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> what can I say? This sounds like <laughs> something I would... How about this, like... Ethel, dang, Bob, that Bobby Ethel. just fixed my. This is a person. This oh, is, Ethel's this saying is, this. This is using it in a sentence. Ethel, dang, that Bobby just fixed my car, punched a rhino, and cooked an awesome dinner for fifty people in one day. What a beast! I wish he was mine. Betty says too bad, because I called first dibs. Cat fight <laughs> That sounds. That sounds good. That's a positive description. How about Bobby, a guy who shows up late to class every time? That is kind of positive too. Is it? Uh, I mean, fuck class. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, Bobby has a very big penis and is great in bed. <laughs> no need for an example for the name Bobby. That's number six on the list. Wow. Trying to get that. These are just all dudes named Gannon and Bobby that wrote all these. I, I'm sure there's, I, but I love the bad ones. How about Bobby, a man whose dick is so large when inserted into your vagina and exits your mouth at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's so funny and cute. I wish he liked me. <laughs> What's the sentence for the the, the giant dick one? It, 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 it says, There's no sentence. Stacy, man, Bobby's dick is so big. He came on my <laughs> face last night while fucking me from behind. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this a little bit because my girl's family is very Christian. I'm not saying I'm. They'd not. listen to this. They will as soon as I start talking about this. It'll probably <laughs> show up in, their, in Christmas time. Somebody will hold it over my head. Uh, I love they you guys. They can't. They can't have a big problem with you having a big penis. Dude. I I'm just, uh, for. First of all, Urban Dictionary <laughs> says that, you know, <laughs> that's what Urban, it's just Urban Dictionary. So let's, uh, let's go to d d dig deep into your Facebook. Actually, the last one, <laughs> the last one you just wrote was, a, was a real, I just would like to get some insight on oh, this. Oh, yeah, says, yeah. The Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby is on. God, you should see the cock on this one horse. <laughs> Do you remember which horse it was? <laughs> No, I didn't even watch the Derby, but I, I <laughs> that's always that's always what I think of when I hear about like horse racing. It's like you know, just these horses tripping on their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm gonna say a positive. I think the idea of a horse penis is very amusing. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you about the I mean I, well actually I'm gonna say this because I'm gonna show you're also very wholesome. You're not just all about horse cocks. I've got a if lot of you, principles, man. If you give me a billion dollars, I promise to give like 950 million of it to other people. And I know you would, actually. <laughs> actually, 50 million is nice to keep. Is it know? really happy International Sexual Experimentation Day yesterday? No. I, uh, well, for me, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I think every day should be some kind of a weird sexual day. There's like, you know, I, I, it's, it, there's basic ones like oral sex day and, you know. 
I'm trying to find this one that I remember. Uh, one of them I remember off the top of my head is like uh, tonight. Tonight I'm running my pussy clinic in the alley behind Arby's. <laughs> pussy eating seminar. Yeah, <laughs> behind the Arby's. Yeah. Did, any, did anybody? We have the meats. Did anybody show up to that? <laughs> it's a rough business, man. It's there's no love at all. Nobody, oh. nobody wants to support your dreams. <laughs> it's well, like lived, being a musician. <laughs> you lived in LA your whole life. You just figured that out. <laughs> now, was May first Happy International Oral Sex Day? I I hope so. Oh, I think any any days an excuse. My, there excuse? Yeah, my, there's the Wolverine. That's my favorite picture of you. <laughs> my buddy Mike, who doesn't even know you, like he loves that picture too. <laughs> a picture of Wolverine staring lo- lovingly and rubbing Ganon's picture. <laughs> from Wolverine from the 90s animated X-Men. Arguably the best representation of the X-Men ever. Oh, there's one of my fucking long-ass ones. Yeah. That's just annoying. What, what's annoying? Uh, my long... The, you're, that's annoying or what you're talking about no, is annoying? No, no, my, my, my long-ass stuff is annoying. He basically says that anybody posting spoilers, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I kind of, I'm only mad for, I saw, you know, I'm only mad for people who, I'm only mad for people who haven't seen it. It's like really messed up. It's like sociopathic to want to go and trash. To want to do it. I yeah. don't understand the motivation to do it just to do it it's, it's just having power know. it's when you don't yeah, have power it's like it's like you're a little bitch and you need to go on a little power trip you talk shit about kevin and bean <laughs> oh you know i don't like those guys man. <laughs> uh you talk shit I blast, went, I went blast to, the vegans here's <laughs> what's funny i went to high school um well it's not that funny like kevin and bean there was a, a kid i went to high school with i don't want to name his name but like uh he ended up on the Kevin and Bean show as some kind of like a regular character. They gave him a name. I don't even want to repeat that name, but the whole thing was all about just trashing him and like bringing him on and interviewing him and making fun of what a loser, you know, they perceive him to be. Kevin and Bean did that. Yeah. And they were, they were like, you know, like, you know, they'd ask him smart alecky questions like, Hey, you got a girlfriend, you know, that kind of shit, you know? And they were just totally like clowning him, and he was actually like kind of a guy that was fucked up in the head, you know. And eh, you know, they need to do stuff to people like that, man. Like, you I know, agree. They, they already have enough problems. Like, it's just like that that high school sort of mentality. What does todo hablando de herpes tengo hambre mean? <laughs> I don't all... know if you noticed that my perfect Spanish accent <laughs> that I already nice. that I already know what it means. <laughs> it's yeah. It's all this talk about herpes is making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you write that? What was For what fun. was your motivation? I uh, know where did it come Cause, from? Because well, earlier I wrote it in Tagalog. Oh, because because of uh, Coachella herpes. Yeah, well, somebody did a thing, like posted a thing about that whole article, and then, yeah, and it just made me hungry. Is it true, or is, <laughs> it, is it some conspiracy cooked up by the fu- like Puritans who are not happy about like sexual Coachella? I I don't know. There I was a know. fake. I had to thing. ask Alex Jones, man. There was a there was a, a fake article that came out from Burning Man a couple years ago that claimed these 
bugs were getting on people's tires and really yeah and and like when i saw it i was like of course there's some bug that's like the devil that's out there and apparently it was all like made up to maybe make people not go to burning man because like a bunch of assholes were going there and ruining it as usual anytime (laughs) and all the assholes find out the cool thing they go and they literally trash it i heard that thing used to be pretty cool is it not cool? I haven't been. I, I've I always wanted really to go. Went, you know, it's uh, they have all these guys. Everyone else in La Tumba's gone, but I, know, I haven't been there. There's all these guys on uh, an art department in the field that really? I work in, and they, there's one guy. That they makes made, sense, man. Yeah, they made a pirate ship out of a big like RV or something, and they drove it like a ship. To Fuck. Th- they drove it to to Burning Man. Did uh, they get pulled over? They, I, they should have. <laughs> Did you have a ship license, <laughs> like a boat, the captain's license to drive this thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, a skipper's license. Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. What I, I was gonna do something. Oh, you were gonna look up more Bobby. Definitely. No, Dick Face. <laughs> I actually That's another name for I, Bobby. <laughs> I, yeah, he's a dumb Dick Face idiot. What? A, he's a professional idiot. Um, I wanted to actually talk about a bit of Latumba. Uh, so tell us about how did you guys meet? When did you guys meet? I met, um, Luigi. His name's Luis. He calls himself Luigi and he spells it with a Y, which is, you know, very cute and creative of him. Uh, I met him at the Gold Room, which, uh, used to be a really cool place in Echo Park. I met him like seven years ago, I think, or eight, seven. And, uh, we were, you know, we were both there every night drinking and uh getting into all the trouble that you know you could you used to be able to get into there but they they like uh they changed it into this sort of like beer wine bar sort of a silver lakey looking oh yeah dude i've I've actually been there it's like when you walk in you expect to walk into like i don't know like those weird burgundy seats like (laughs) everywhere yeah and, and you and it used to be that way and now it literally looks like a snooty Vegas vodka bar. Yeah, dude, it's like depressing. It's really sad. And there used to be a really cool community there, and a lot of a lot of artists, and a lot of different kinds of people, you know, from different walks and stuff. So, is there cool. is there a definitive song that you're really proud of uh, in the, in their collection that you want people to look up? And actually, I'm in gonna... the Gold Room jukebox, no, <laughs> in La Tumba. Yeah, there's a song called. It's spelled just like the the English word massacre. It's called Masacre. I'm actually going to play it right really? now if you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it, man. So this is uh, La Tumba Massacre. Yeah. All right. So hold on. So I'm going to. How many people are in your band? It depends. It usually about nine, sometimes eleven, sometimes Oh! <laughs> 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 
Tumba Massacre. Yeah. So uh, talk, tell us about the other members of your band. So tell us the uh, the instruments. We got, who's the main singer? And he does percussion well, as yeah, well. Yeah, I guess uh, Marcelo, he plays, uh, uh, well, he plays like kind of this uh, eccentric little percussion rig that we sort of threw together. <laughs> it's got like uh, granite blocks and, and cowbells and like a little tiny um timbal and like uh you know uh then a couple of what's his name uh marcelo and he uh i i think his last name's Pereira. Uh, who who are the founding members was he one of the i founding? guess he would be and and uh and yeah and he sings a lot and shouts 
inappropriate stuff and dresses in like a wrestler mask and shit. But and then Luigi Torres, Luis Torres is his name. He calls himself Luigi. Um, he's probably really sort of the the leader of it, the guy that was sort of the assembler of everyone. And he plays guitar. And then there's uh, Willie Reano. He's the bass player. The big dude. Um, no, no, he's, he's sort of a little guy, but oh. he's, uh... He looked big from far away. I was, <laughs> at, I was at the end of the bar the other night. <laughs> they just played at the Five Star Yeah, it was the Five Star. <laughs> downtown. Yeah. It was also on that night that I tried Lime Scooters for the first time. <laughs> with my, I, there's a, there is no weight limit, but, I mean, it did slow down quite a bit when I started going up a hill. <laughs> it was good, though, and cheap. I actually like that thing. But apparently, so just so you all know, you have to show, show your driver's license, yeah. and it says you can't be driving them drunk, so watch out. I mean, I'm sure that we'll start hearing about people getting Well, DUIs. they'll pull you over on it, yeah. So no. don't, you know, even though I was downtown, I didn't really have a lot to drink. At the, I had, like, a beer, and then I drove over uh, on this scooter to Casey's to see my other friend's band. Yeah. I, so, um... <clears throat> How was that at Casey's? This girl, Loa, man, she sings, man. She, uh, really? she, oh, dude, yeah, she has some serious, like, rock voice man uh i miss that bass. man i don't hear enough of that anymore dude she has she has it she and and then like uh we play in a country band together uh this girl tracy jane who i haven't talked to her for a minute we've been uh i i've, I've said no too many times because he always has like friday gigs and then i yeah. work and i never know when i'm going to get off from uh when i work so anyways i'm i'm taking this and hijacking the fucking we're talking about uh, Latumba, so uh, oh, that's fine. I, I, Luigi is uh, you said he's like the, the the kind of the leader, the real leader, the, I the would wrangler. Say so. And then who? Uh, Wheelie. I like that you yeah. call him Wheelie. Wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just used to hearing his name said like that. Yeah, like uh, the drummer. What's what? Well, about the like drummer? other people I know, I, I call them Wheelie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not him. He's Willy. But I'm just used to him being Wheelie. What about uh, <laughs> the drummer? So is, he, um, is it somebody okay, who rotates? So that, that was a guy. We God, we've been through so many fucking drummers, man. That was a guy named Matt Bex. I give major props to that guy. He's a great drummer. He played um, on tour. He toured with uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars for a while back wow. when they were like, you know, like a big deal. When it was the whole, the whole kind of screamo uh, thing was Kennedy. Uh, the, the the dude the really fucking, uh, Oh no, it's the dude uh, the, the Joker. No, Jared like Leto. Uh, Jared Leto, yeah. <laughs> Leto or Leto? Yeah, or Leto, Jared Leto, Leto. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he, aren't we professionals? <laughs> I mean, no one's paying me to pronounce the guy's name. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought that the Thirty Seconds to Mars was that Kennedy guy that, from Alter Bridge. That was second. the drummer. Now oh. we've actually got a guy who um, I think is really enthusiastic about the project, probably more so than we are. Because um, Luigi and I, I think, honestly, are more... Our head is more in the studio, you know? But uh, this uh, this guy, Hector, he's uh, he's an awesome drummer. He sounds really great with us. And his, he's, he's so enthusiastic about it that he's actually trying to, like, push it to, like, another level and shit. So we're going we're gonna <clears> to <throat> stick with him, man. So how long have you been playing piano, man? Oh, since I was four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, since I, even before I met you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, tell everybody how long we've known I've each other. I've known Bobby since I was six. I just turned six. Yeah, you were you were like an older six. 
Oh, I guess I was very mature. I was always very, <laughs> extremely mature. He's a lot taller than I was always. And tallness <laughs> means maturity. Always. 100% of the time. Uh, yeah, but he. I, I always remember when he played the entertainer as a child, uh, that oh, blew me away. fuck. I forgot about that. He was so good at that. And I was like, this kid's going places. <laughs> uh, so tell... So... Uh, you were taking lessons at a young age. Yeah. What, did did you pick piano or is that some, your folks? I did. I because uh, I I knew how to read and I saw at the school we went to there was a, a flyer that said uh, piano lessons. I knew how to read it and so I I, I took it home and uh, showed it to my parents. I was like, can I do this? And they were they were actually excited because it was like. I think they probably figured they were going to have to ask me to do some shit like that, <laughs> you know, so, or yeah. try to get me into it. And, and they, so they were excited that I was just into it. So you were learning like, they little... were, they would play these cassettes, you know, in yeah. the little van that we were in and they'd have like Mozart pieces, like his Turkish March that, you know, did it. You, lo- you, lo- you like Mozart? Uh, not really, but I, I that was my favorite <laughs> song when I was five. Really? Yeah. And so Dude, I, just, I love Mozart and ba- and Bach. I love and, his Requiem, Beethoven, which yeah. was unfinished. And Beethoven, like Beethoven's, like yeah, he's a, the metal on guy a, on a different level. He's heavy, <laughs> he's heavy metal, and I love you yeah. know. But so so you started with classical, yeah, classical training. Uh, so where did your shifts? In, like where did where was your first big shift in music? Like where where was something that you remember changing your direction? It's okay. Um, like I, I had one teacher, and then I, I got with another teacher who was this guy who was a concert piano player uh, named Andrew Banks. I think he still plays, and uh, he got me hooked up with this opportunity where um, if I played this piece in an audition for these people, and I remember it was in Pasadena, um, like uh, basically the the if if I scored high enough on it according to the judges i i would get like a scholarship to go to the um the royal academy of music in london and uh i i scored high enough i i i i scored really high and then uh my my parents and i we didn't really want to go to london (laughs) so i uh i i i kind of figured then okay cool like i'm on to something here so that that was like a like a confidence that i got that sort of shifted things for me but then i changed teachers again and i got with a guy named david goldstein who's like this jazz session player guy and he's the he was the first one to really teach me all all the like kind of structure of theory and like composing stuff not all of it of course well, but i mean i know, don't he, think there's he, an he end gave me, yeah so, uh, music he is gave like me a real infinite. nice solid introduction to it you know yeah well, i'll always be grateful to them for that you, you know where like uh, a couple things like for me that changed a lot for me but yeah. then i then i started teaching myself and that that's where it really changed yeah for for me uh doing all those scales vocally with mrs laszlo yeah, <laughs> remember Agnes, Miss sure. Agnes? Yeah. Laszlo's wife, yeah, uh, I, her last name was Nutzer. They were Hungarian. Yeah, so she... They'd teach you with, like, bar talk and stuff. It was cool. Bar talk. <laughs> but I just remember we would go... <clears throat> Hold on, where's my, my guitar pick? This helped me just because it was in my head. And I did have a piano in the house, and, uh, and that helped me, too. Um <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. 
and she would run through the chords, and then we would do do re mi fa so la ti do do la so fa mi re do bum bum. So the major scale was in my head, and the major scale, like especially when you're starting with all white keys, yeah, to C to C. This is a lesson that I've been teaching a lot of people, like that are ask me for advice. I say, when I started learning about modes, it made mm-hmm. it so easy because it was already in my head. The, yeah. It, so like, the music theory uh, starts at the C scale because there's no sharps. It's easy. I mean, to, yeah. It's easier to teach because of the whole circle of fifths way yeah. that they organize it. Yeah, it, but the, the, it's, but it, it works perfectly in uh, with the structure of the piano. Yeah, it teach it, with the structure of the piano. You can see it clearly. You can see the seven notes or the eight notes that you're going to play, yeah. and then you can shift and and do a different mode. And then, uh, for those of you who don't know, who want to know, modes are basically in Western music. Uh, they were created. Well, they're cre- they say Western music, but they were it was created by the Greeks. The system, right? Correct. Yeah. There's uh there's the major scale, which they called Ionian, which sounds like something that you'd find in yeah. Glendale. Um, so this the major scale is basically happy. Give me some major scale. Give me happy birthday if you know it. Okay. Um. So we're happy. We're having a good time. You know, Agnes has turned fifty, and we're singing to her. You know. So now give me. Give me a minor. Give me a funeral song. Some type of sad, like... Okay, let's Give me uh, Amazing Grace. Is that a uh, minor? No. So we'd be like... Um, right. Yeah, the Death March. Yeah. So they created... Uh, within the C scale. You play literally the C scale, but you start at a different position. And that was how they formed the minor scale. So you could play the same scale... Yeah. But you just start at a different place, and that's how they mathematically <clears throat> proved the minor scale. And if you're reading music and sheet music, all of the your your keys, like when you're starting, they're all major. They'll be written in a major scale. There is no quote-unquote minor scale key signature. They'll just write, if it's A minor, it'll be... They'll uh, write it C major. Yeah. yeah, it'll be all white keys. Yeah. So this is just dropping some knowledge to any music Or folks. if it's like E minor, they'll write it like it's G major. Like because E minor is the relative of... The yeah, relative of minor of G. And, and if you're on guitar, when I was first learning guitar, I noticed that if I was doing an ma- E major, that the minor was uh, one and a half steps down or three frets down. So if I had an E major, the relative minor was like one and a half steps down. And oh, it's yeah, it would be like a C sharp. C sharp minor. Or D flat. Well, C, or D flat. We'd call it C sharp, I think it's in this context. Yeah, and then and then I could solo in, in C sharp minor over, play me an E major chord. And I knew that I could play like I could do it make it kind of country. Yeah. I could I could do a lot of different things and I figured that out just on pattern alone, you know. Uh and then once I started really delving into the theory stuff, it really opened my playing up and uh so yeah but it must it, be so interesting on a guitar because because you guys get to just take a shape and move it up and it transposes yeah. it automatically yeah but again you can see it yeah it's like a straight line of pitches yeah you guys have this weird sort of spirally thing i'll it's, say this for piano that's a frustrating is if a guitar player says we're a half step down 
and now you're in E flat or something. Yeah. And it's like now you got to throw all these little extra things, and then if you and they just tune down a half step, and your everything you do is on black keys or yeah. It a does, lot of people find that trickier on the piano. Sh- the shapes, like the, the, with guitar, it's like way easier to learn like one concept, and you can apply it all up and down the neck. But yeah. we are limited a lot more than I see. Like piano is like a complete concert instrument. You can write symphonies on a piano. Yeah. Uh, and it, at least all the parts or whatever. Uh, anyways, uh, like well, we were talking about something like a La Tumba. We keep getting off track because uh, we, <laughs> we love music. Man. Yeah, and that's a good thing. I love talking <laughs> about it. Um, so you uh, grew up in Los Angeles, huh? Yeah. With me. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you talk about since you know I've been leaning, trying to gear this towards to being this is a. I'm not trying to make it that, like, oh, L.A.'s better than everybody. Uh, I grew up in L.A. This is an L.A.-centered show, and I want to talk about, like, things that I love here. And, you know, there's things I hate, like traffic, but why don't you talk about some of your favorite aspects of Los Angeles? I think Los Angeles (laughs) has every kind of person in it. That's really kind of my favorite thing about it. It's every kind of neighborhood, every kind of person, every kind of, like, kind of subculture. It's, It's, you know... There's there's a bunch of a lot of people that are douchebags. Uh, the, the, a lot of them are not originally from LA. Transpl- I've noticed transplants. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you come here, don't try not to act like the way you think we act. Right, because that's yeah. what fucking produces that. Just act like yourself. You know. <laughs> uh, well, what are some of your favorite food spots? Oh, I I love a lot of. Um, like taco trucks and Bidia places. I love that uh, Bidia Gon- Gonzalez. I love the. Um, there's a place. There's a place in Echo Park that I think is whack. It's, it's ta- <laughs> Tacos Mexico number two, but yeah. the the number one is um, on Broadway and Ninth in downtown. Yeah, I love that place. Um, there was a guy. Uh, Montrose is like <clears throat> this fucking gauntlet of just like tempting food options everywhere, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, they have uh, this seasoning. I don't know where alley. to start naming it. There, you know, they have the black cow, which has the Monte Cristo that'll to, to die for, and then they have the fi- uh, the other one, Star Cafe, which has yeah. these little warm bread balls that are just out of control. <clears throat> what I was gonna say was. Uh, Holy crap! Something. What, uh, were you, what did you say before you? Tacos Leo. Oh, the, so on, I was watching uh, Ugly Temple and De- Ugly Delicious. You ever heard of that? It's on Netflix. No. So there's a guy named David Chang, and uh, he has this place called Momofuku in New York, and he opened this other restaurant out here that me and my friends went to uh, for his birthday, and we ordered like this hundred and fifty dollar oh, like ribeye thing that wow. that's wow. like aged twenty four, smoked twenty four hours, and there's like. So David Chang has this documentary talking about, because he loves fusion, but what he does is he talks extensively kind of about like Mexican food. And then he says, what makes it Mexican food? And what if I add this? And the, like the, the old traditional folks will be like, oh, no, 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 we <laughs> yeah. never add this. Yeah. And something that he said on the show was <clears throat> Al Pastor, Al Pastor is... An, it comes uh, from an Arabic root. Arabic that, root. That's where the al is. And they brought that like flatbread state notion for like. Yeah. They brought that idea, and and I, that I would love it because I was like, oh, I love that. Isn't that fucking cool? Yeah. <laughs> then I talked to somebody else, and then somebody else said, well, "That's not true." And I said, 
I think it is. I mean, but I, I have to do more research. Yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> it's totally true. But somebody was correcting me, and I think it was a Mexican person, and I was like, <laughs> whatever, dude. You know, <laughs> but he took uh, Jonathan Gold to uh, Tacos Arabis because it's Arabis for wow, and it's a truck, and where's, it's where's it's that on at? Olympic, and I'm gonna it's it's like you could look is it, it up. like in K Town or no, nah, you know I gotta look it up. It's like closer to like kind of ninth like olympic and ninth like oh, by the yeah. staple center or something yeah i've been wanting to go to that truck wow. and check it out but uh but my favorite mexican is a street taco joint called el sao's that's very much similar to the taco trucks of the of the 90s the one on san fernando that's like one of my favorite places and then you got and they're really good at uh they have great tacos i love their burritos they have good uh tortas yeah uh, but then and they're in quesadillas as well but there's a place also called el tap which like everybody goes to like late at night and el tap has delicious sopes and really? they also have pretty rad tortas as well <clears throat> so the Fuck el tap yeah. is a really fun uh place my and then, favorite food is all mexican food do you, do you have you been to cacao and eagle rock no man so, so this, and again these are all just recommendations to anybody's listening as well for la like so cacao is a uh, more fancy gourmet mexican food so it's a little pricey but yeah the meat quality is amazing they hand cr- make their own tortillas from scratch from corn like you watch the lady making it um Shit. it's a, pr- a little pricey and then the, uh, if you are going to drink they do have beer but they have like the agave like they nice. don't they have their yeah. beer and wine like, license do you remember tequiza <clears throat> do they still have that i'm sure they do say so, like soju is a huge thing you know not yeah. not mexican stuff more korea stuff but but they have a beer and wine license so they don't sell hard alcohol so yeah. but they do have beer but they have uh amazing quality food there but again it's a little pricey cacao uh eagle rock i know has got that um it's funny. There's there's a place called Leo's Tacos and there's a place called Sonia's and they're both been, on Eagle Rock Boulevard. I haven't been to either of those. And apparently Leo and Sonia used to be a married couple and then they got divorced and now they have rival taco trucks on the same street. <laughs> well, whatever, dude. You know, they want to start competing and being a pain in the ass to each other. That's... Just That's kind of break how... up. Just leave. Go to a different city. Somebody, please. You know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, nowadays, whenever you, uh, again now we, we move on a little bit. Uh, let's see, we had to talk about LA food, LA uh, aspects that you loved. Um, there's a great music community in LA. Obviously, there's yeah. a great art community. Um, there's also a bunch of full of shit people in those communities too. Yeah. It's just you know, it's just it's all kinds of people all the time everywhere. Yeah, some place I might uh, gonna do a quick edit on this p- portion here, but because I want to ask you one more like music question, yeah, and I'll move it back. But so uh, regarding like your music and your playing, uh, when you when you are trying to kind of chill and listen to sit down and listen to stuff, yeah, what what do you throw on now? Like, say you're gonna go home and and you want to throw something down. What what have you been listening to recently? Oh, um, Victor Hara, um, he was a guy that, uh, during the whole, um, Pinochet dictatorship in Chile, mm-hmm. he, uh, he wrote these, you know, kind of communist, uh, revolutionary songs and the government, uh, killed him. And there's this like legend about him that, uh, they, they cut off his hands and said, play your guitar now. And so then he started singing and they shot him. Oh <laughs> That's God. the legend, you know? I don't know if that's 
you know apocryphal or what but mm. it, uh i've been listening to him because he's got a lot of especially some of his instrumental stuff i really like I've been listening to Sea Change by Beck. I've been going back to stuff that I used to listen to when yeah, I was like too. 16 and 17. I go, I've been good like listening to... The Fragile to, by Nine Inch Nails and like Sea Change by yeah. Beck. And, I've, I've been listening to The Cars and yeah. uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Purple, and Core album. Uh, I, I love the... like. I like grunge. So I've been like sticking with grunge. I've been listening to some electronic music as well. But, really? Yeah, but besides that... What was that gentleman's name? Oh, Victor Hara. Victor um, Hara. Uh, uh, J A R A. And then, uh, and then, uh, what what else have you? Been? I know you you been, you've always, I know you're into Miles Davis. He has a big yeah. influence on you. Yeah. Well, when, yeah, when yeah, did yeah, you yeah. When on, did, on all music? Really, he does. When I think. when did you hear him the first time? I was. Uh, oh shit! I guess I was 16 because it was in. Um, there was a history class I had with a guy named Mr. Pehar and. There was like one of those fucking off days or whatever. You know, it's like when the teacher's like hung over, I think is what it is. <laughs> but like, it's like, okay, kids, we're not going to do shit today. And like, oh, cool. And he like, uh, he put on Kind of Blue. And, yeah, and that was that's like the definitive my album. first time hearing it. And yeah. I was like sort of just transported when I heard that, you know? Yeah. We all and have I those started moments. checking him out. I listened to uh, like, uh, you know, um, there's a guy I really, really love from the jazz world. Um, it looks like his name's Weldon Irvine. He pronounces it Irvine, but it's spelled just like Irvine, like the Irvine spectrum, or, you know? Yeah. Well, everybody has to do something cool. Weldon know? Irvine. He he does that thing that... Um... Oh, there's Kind of Blue. Yeah. What's his name? Irving? Irving? Oh, uh, Weldon, Weldon Irvine, I guess. <laughs> Irving. He's jazz or what? What kind of music is he? Yeah, and he was one of the first dudes to really um, embrace the hip-hop community from, from the jazz world. And he, because, uh, you know, in the 80s, uh, they were sampling a lot of shit, and a lot of dudes were getting pretty pissed off about it. And in some cases, rightfully so, you know? Yeah. But uh, he, he sort of embraced it, and he, he started releasing albums that were... Just little uh, keyboard loops that he he would you know he would no. lay down, and he was just like have at it like basically like it's public domain you know like sample it as much as you want, and that's he worked awesome. with people like a tribe called Quest and stuff like that. You well, know? And that's how they probably got that that they have a jazz. That's song. how I found out about him was because yeah. of them because I used to read the liner notes in their album from '93, Midnight Marauders. It has a song they're probably their biggest hit song, Award Tour, 
we're on a wall tour with Muhammad, my man. Remember that? Yeah, and I love I love Tribe. By and the that's way. yeah, they're so great. Man. I love their re- most that more recent a song of his. Their more recent album too has some really cool that was chords. Really cool. They just like picked up where they left off didn't immediately. They? they sound a little older, but they they still like you said pick up where they left off. That one song they is, weren't trying to do any kind of like like trap or anything. Like they were. Thank just, God. Because everybody's doing trap, and everybody wants to sound like Drake, and that, or or the other dude, uh, Future. No, well, yeah, Future, the Migos, they're all doing that, and then also uh, Lil Xan, uh, Lil Pump, the dude, uh, Lil from, Yachty. The, no, fuck those dudes, <laughs> Lil Uzi. No, the dude, uh, from Bart. Compton, who the badass dude. Oh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, he's really he's good. He's sick. Though. Yeah, yeah, but so. Um, they have this song tribe called quest has the song that i was when i was working on my kitchen i was uh i was playing their album and i stopped like because i was like the chords are really cool and all their songs they have these really yeah. cool chords. like it's like yeah Something like that. They do the. It, it was it, so cool. And I was like listening to that, and I was just like, I was working, and I stopped, and I was like, "What a cool little like thing that they did there." <laughs> and they have this organ. And too. I think they wrote it probably. Yeah, you it's know? called. And there's they had live instruments. They had real guitars. They had real th- like and and that song and oh dude, the, just that whole first CD is like, and that's that album that's called like We Could Take It From Here. Yeah, <laughs> a, uh, such a cool album. Uh, that actually, like, yeah, Tribe back in the day kind of took me on a, because I went in, I kind of dug that poetic, like, hip-hop. Uh, it took me a minute to get into, like, the gangster, the gangster rap stuff, like, but Tupac yeah. and Biggie, they, they killed it. I mean, they were awesome. Yeah. They, so, but, but then I, I heard, like, ooh, like, putting jazz with hip-hop. They, that was, they like, sample, really cool. Um, yeah, you know that song Electric Relaxation that they do? It's like, um, that would be the octave. So cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Higher up would be like. So that, I love that, man. They sampled that from, uh, and it's the weirdest thing because they don't credit it in the liner notes, but they sampled this guy named Ronnie Foster, this song called Mystic Brew. They put it in E flat. His is in F. Yeah, but uh, it's the coolest chord progression, you know. But it's like, how did they even know about this guy? Like, same with like Weldon Irvine. Like, they're just they're super hip dudes. Oh, the yeah. guys in Tribe. Well, you know what happens is, well, they were in New York too. There's a lot yeah. of culture there, and they and they and they they'll run. They you run into these things, you, and and you'll and some genius will be sitting there and be like. I just found my sample, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, some dudes have that sample mind where yeah. they, like, you can hear just a clip and be like, "Oh, dude, I want to loop that." That's something I'd like to spend more time doing too. Is like, is having yeah. Fuse. How does one even own that, hone that skill really? Like, you know what, dude? It, it really is. I've, I've I've thought about it before, but it's just you could you could think of a joke if you're a comedian and never write it down, and you know it was a rad joke, and then you just it's gone. Yeah, it's like you got to strike when the the shit's hot. Like, if you find a song like it just flies in, you got to be organized, idea. and you got to write on your stupid notes like this song, uh, fucking minute, uh, yeah, one, oh, minute oh one to minute 
06 like loop that and it's like and speed it up that's like you know like Kanye West like he yeah. was always like the king of taking a sample and like making it uh he would always speed it up like the the chipmunk voice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it worked through the through the way through the way but I've always wanted to dabble you know yeah. I've always wanted to dabble in that. I love because I love. Uh, I've been getting. I got in like Daft Punk. I got me into a little bit more electronic stuff. Because dude, like in the nineties, before like even when I was getting into like grunge and Hendrix, I was really into like eighties metal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I, lo- I thought it was so cool, and I thought everybody was like behind like with with Blink One Eighty Two. I was like. <sighs> Why are they so popular and why is eighties metal so gone? And I don't know, I was in some oh, stupid biscuit was so big and porn. Yeah. That was an awful time. There, there was a shift because I think like corn and new metal started popping up. Papa Roach. They but well new metal popped up after Pantera, right? They did a marketable Oh well new yeah, yeah. Post post I call it like yeah, post Pantera. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So yeah. because like there was always heavy metal, a good documentary yeah. if and like thrash. And if stuff. you're obsessed with metal, a very a very good documentary is called The History of Metal, and it basically talks about like the super roots of metal, where even metal was mentioned, like heavy metal thunder. They talk about like that oh, and was that Steppenwolf, song? Steppenwolf, even though you ever metal, thunder. but they're talking born about, to be wild. They're right? talking about motorcycles, but still. They, they they say that was where it was mentioned. They talk about like Cream having a double bass pedal, uh, and it was kind of a, set up like a definitive heavy metal sound. Uh, Helter Skelter by the Beatles is technically like a heavy yeah. metal song feel, and and the real first heavy metal band was, well, I guess arguably real real Black Sabbath. I was I was gonna say the the metal really starts with Black Sabbath. Yeah, that's that was and there, there's so the almost heavy not metal. even an argument about that. So they started because yeah. they used to be a blues band called Earth. Yeah, and then and then there was another band called Earth. So they said, oh okay, and then they started, and then Ozzy Osbourne, what if uh, we had, you know this Sharon, this Sharon, the scary movies. <laughs> Why can't there be scary music? <laughs> and so he they got hired to play some benefit or something for these stuffy dudes in suits who <laughs> thought that they were the blues band Earth. And then they showed up and played, what is this that stands before me? And they were like, get the fuck out of here. But then they took over that scene and then... Iron Butterfly, too, were pretty were pretty heavy for yeah. that time. Yeah. Well, here, let me adjust yeah, something. Yeah, metal kind of starts with Sabbath. Yeah, it totally it totally starts with Sabbath. Um, so in that movie, uh, there's them and Deep Purple. Uh, they talk about it. But them as heavy metal, then and Dio pioneered power metal. Yeah, with Rainbow, which was the members of Deep Purple. Well, it was yeah, Richie Blackmore and and then it went from power metal to to thrash and speed metal. They which was, was all like these, Metallica and Slayer. Th- thrash is Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth. Anthrax, Big Four, yeah, among others, and then the th- sp- a speed metal. Well, power metal was uh, Dio. They had that kind of slower, but the and uh, and uh, Judas Priest. 
Yeah. What was Iron? Maybe Iron Maiden was, is considered power metal, and power yeah, metal was that more new wave of British heavy metal. They yeah. called all that. Power metal Diamond was more bla- uh, operatic. It was yeah. always operatic, like that Queensrÿche type. Shit. Oh yeah. Uh, and Queensrÿche, what would they, what were they? They're they were just operatic. They're yeah. operatic. I would in general, say that yeah. they're probably in the power metal. And genre. then there was what? There was like industrial metal. That like started Nine Inch in Nails well before Nine Inch Nails. There was another band, Ministry. Mm, no, they, they were there. No, but there was another Throbbing band called Jesus Gristle. Mary Chain. Oh, the Jesus and Mary Chain. Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah. They were and they were a huge influence on Nine Inch Nails. Oh yeah, it's actually good to see like where the, because I saw Nine Inch Nails recently at the Palladium. As soon as I get my head round here, they were cool. They're, dude, <laughs> they put on a hell of a show too. He sings with his life. He sings with everything he yeah. has. Um, yeah, but it's basically this documentary shows the tree of like where all the bands offshot and they even go into like at the end, like Swedish metal, like they go mm-hmm. to Pantera to Swedish metal. And then, then it's like broken off into so many new categories metal. now, right? Like, oh yeah. There's black a m- metal, fantasy metal, like fantasy metal. Is that the word? It's like, oh, senpai. And it's like, <laughs> brr, brr, brr. <laughs> like dragon force. Yeah. Well, shit. dragon force is like video game, video game music. Yeah, um, it's like F, it's like F zero. I I saw them at the House of Blues. They put on a really good show. Herman Lee, that's the guitar player. His hair is as long as his body. <laughs> this Asian dude, uh, he's killer. But they're like, I can't take them seriously. There's a, you know, they sing like yeah. a caricature of like <laughs> of like Dio songs but with video game feel so it's basically and we will ride on the dragon <laughs> spilling the blood of the evil and and that's and that's like that's them that's them right there what i just did right there so if you want to get into dragon force you can go to instagram dragonforce.com and they'll do that forever you know yeah they all get a million points just like They're getting... just minor and major arpeggios on the guitar yeah but then they also do dive bomb, like whammy big things, like they all chomp, 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 like big like they're a bag of tricks, you know. Yeah. Fun to see if they're in town. I recommend seeing them. It's it's I like going to f- things like that. Yeah. Uh, on a side note, too, uh, I don't know how long we've been on, but it's been. Let me actually get double check right here. Turn this to time. We've had an hour and thirty something minutes. Nice, man. Uh, is there any song that you think that I know that we can play, or do you want me to just pick another one? <clears throat> something what we got. What's uh, something that we know together? Uh, something beautiful. It's like one of those things is happening where my brain is just stopped. It could be because it's four in the morning. Five. <laughs> and my asshole friend's coming early. My friend really? Yard, Yard Dog will be here, and we're going to go get breakfast, and I'm going to be worthless in the morning. Do uh, uh, Let's see. Is it What's a good cover song? Should I just think of something? Okay. Oh, you, you want me, or you got it? You got it. Yeah, I think it's something. Okay. I'm going to pause for two seconds. Here we go, baby. We're doing this, uh, closing this show out with a little uh, messing with the kid, little Junior Wells, and I'll do the little intro. 
What's this to hear? I sit and going round town. People they say they're gonna put the kid down. Oh Lord. Oh look at what you did. You can call it what you wanna, but I call it messing with the kid. Like it comes as a gift I work for my money On an eight hour shift Oh Lord Oh look at what you did You can call it what you wanna But I call it messing with the kid Take it again song from yesterday that i was playing that i was like oh I, we got to do this it's a country <laughs> tune or it's a, really? at least i make i make it kind of country um one one more tune it's not it's not hard i'm gonna look this one up too it's um i don't want to do for fun you're gonna like it and if i don't if i like it more than the other one then i'll delete the other one <laughs> but no uh here we go What's his name? Uh, ben Harper. Oh, and the Innocent Criminals? We're uh, doing the... Check this one out. And you can jump in, and I'll tell you the key. So Okay. <clears throat> so the basic premise is B minor, A, and then E, and then 
the, the, there's a chorus that goes.
Not bad for like I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've one. never heard that song in my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool though. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool song. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember hearing that song. I was like, I think it's the first song on the, if not the first or it's maybe second song on that album. The, uh, man, but it's a it's a one of my favorite Ben Harper ones. It's got a lot really? of soul. Yeah, it's got a lot of soul in that song. Um, once again, we got Gannon Wise, uh, <laughs> keyboard player in La Tumba, also plays with Earth. Arrow. Earth Arrow. I have played with them anyway. Souls of Mischief. <laughs> Leche. But check out his band La Tumba. They play around the LA. They uh they've been adding lyrics to their songs and the, they bring a lot of fun. They bring a lot of energy. Thank you, man. And uh I'm sure you'll be catching Gannon. He'll be uh, I've already for, I'm gonna just say he's gonna be working on my stuff. Yeah. Again, if not forced <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the beatings <laughs> but uh thank you for tuning in this is the white wolf's den uh give me some sexy jazz while i'm taking myself out man uh All right. this is uh the white wolf's den uh you can catch me on social media we got uh instagram the white wolf's den we got soundcloud white wolf's den we got without the h it's spotify you can find me at itunes uh podcasts my website is www.whitewolfsden.com. It's no H, W-I-T-E-W-O-L-F. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Tune in next time. I have some other crazy guests. It's not always about music or movies or entertainment only specifically, even though or just L.A., but, I mean, that's our theme. L.A., music, movies, and... Uh, sorry, this music's so sexy. It's like distracting. <laughs> keep on going. Keep playing. Uh, music, movies, entertainment. But it's every now and then I, I might have a kook on. Gannon's kind of a musician kook. He's all wrapped in one and like a kook musician package, big package. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed some of the music. Uh, you can reach me whitewolfsden at gmail.com if you have any questions and if they're absolutely fascinating uh, then I'll be uh, answering them on the air until then tell these people goodbye with something sexy Gannon Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>